0: Hi, everyone. My name is Alberto Gomez.
1: And I'm Hannah Cromadine.
0: And you're listening to In the Know's new show, The Top Story, where once a month we break down the Minnesota Daily's most interesting or compelling stories. This week we've got...
1: Devlin Epton.
2: And uh, Devlin, what story are you breaking down right now? Um, I'm breaking down why we have seen so many worker strikes around the university in, in Minneapolis recently, especially um, in the past six months or so. Okay.
1: What's your you to reporting about unions?
2: We've seen it a lot lately, um, anything from nurses to mental health workers to clerical workers. And each union, I think it's very interesting to get into why specifically, because no, in, no situation is exactly the same. Um, however, especially as a reporter, when we see something happen, happening over and over again, there's a reason why. Usually there's an, under, uh, an underlying reason and I really wanted to try to look into it and see if I could find out why.
0: So could you tell me a little bit
2: more about the story that you're specifically covering? You know, what's happening right now? Right. So obviously we've had previous strikes or contract negotiations between workers, workers unions and uh, the university that also happened in Minneapolis, um, like I said, with nurses as well. But we have contract negotiations that are in the works with Unions like AFSME, which represents uh, clerical workers, healthcare workers um, at the university, and obviously we have Teamsters, the uh, food service workers at the university, that just recently reached reached a tentative agreement with the university for um, wage increases and other contract uh, benefits that they have been fighting for for a long time now.
1: Gotcha. And what have you found so far? Like, are there any common threads?
2: Especially, especially since the pandemic, a lot of Issues that I have heard from people that I've talked to um, in these unions is that the pandemic exacerbated a lot of problems that uh, workers were fe- were already feeling. So, in that, an example would be workers. A lot of a lot of workers at these different unions, regardless of their position, they were told to continue working. Um, were not provided necessarily safe. Um, working conditions. So, if someone was sick, they may not have been sent home. They may not have been able to afford to to go home because of the wages they were provided. Necessary PPE may not have been available to them. So a lot, so a lot of those common threads have been popping up. Um, specifically with uh, AFSCME, they have been fighting for some racial equity in their in their contract. So um, an example would be they have been um, part of their ne- their negotiations. They, they have not that they have not backed down from is they are fighting f- to have Juneteenth be a paid holiday, um, just as it is federally. And another aspect is that they have workers who um, also do additional work outside of their job, their job description. That they are translators, and they are not paid additionally for that. And um, they are fighting to have additional compensation for additional work. So, who have you spoken with so far for this story? Um, I have spoken to workers from AFSM. So, let's see, I don't have the names. I have spoken to uh, a mental health worker from um, SEIU, um, which is the union representing the mental health workers here on campus. And uh, um, you don't have the names
0: available right now, but they can be found in the story properly. Yes, yes, and they can. That should be coming out this week. Is that correct? Um, it should be. I can, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get that out <laughs> tentatively uh, this week. All right. No worries. We'll be sure to stay updated with that as well. Tell me more about this, though.
2: Yes. So these workers, they they have been working with the university and negotiating with the university for um, a while now. Typically, these um, deals, this isn't the first time this is this has happened. Like, uh, for example, AFsme had a one day strike in May of this year. Um, for, the same, for the same reasons. This isn't um, necessarily uncommon for um, negotiations to come up again. Contracts are usually 18 months to three years-ish. I w- the, the mental health worker I was speaking with told me that a strike is not, it's not sexy. It's not what, it's not taking a day off of work and just being able to sit and watch Netflix for a day it is on you are on the picket lines you are unsure of if you will still have a job it is it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of bravery to go out and risk your job risk a position that well it may not be ideal it it it's paying something so these workers this isn't this isn't what they want either the university is is working with them and they may have some some concerns as well that this may be this isn't what the university wants to happen, but this isn't what the workers want either.
0: So, of the of the folks that you have spoken with, why have they decided to strike? Then, like, why why do it this way rather than just you know peaceful
2: negotiations, quote unquote? Right. Exactly. So these negotiations they they are ongoing, and a lot of times, um, specifically with um, AFSCME, um for example. It's it is it is still a last resort. So negotiations are still ongoing, but sometimes you have you have a couple sticking points. For example, like Juneteenth or uh, increased compensation for translators. But if something that you, as a union, really feel that is required, and um, you will not concede, some sometimes an agreement can't be, can't be made, or at least isn't made for a long extended period of time, and strikes historically um, from. From who I have spoken with, it's what they feel has been historically, has historically worked and has been historically effective.
1: Is me kind of on the path to strike or what does that look like?
2: So I believe today there was an update on um, their negotiations. So um, there was an update um, in their stalled contract negotiations. So their negotiations are still ongoing. Um, like I said, they don't want to, um, the, a lot of these workers do not want to, um, but it it is still a possibility from what I've been told. Um, they don't want to provide a lot of concrete information on, you know, the specifics of when or where, or this will definitely be happening because it isn't, it isn't definitely happening yet. Um, it's something that all parties want to avoid. So this update um just from today um was released and um is
0: that update coming from
2: um it is coming from i'm not sure if this is i may i i may mispronounce this but it is uh sharon uh horizuk um and it is they are uh representatives of um of afsme um i believe uh sharon i have spoken um with her over email and uh, she's in a leadership position with the, with the union. And uh, are you reading us what's on that email? Yes, yeah. I'm, I, I am pulling it up right now. So, no worries, you're all good. Um, like, I, like I said, um, these union members have a couple sticking points that they really want to get across. Um, and the local chapter, the latest um, increase, so university leaders um, provided an update on the contract um, and this is a response to it. So the updated offer from the university um, included a three dollar wage increase across the board, which the university said was an increase to keep up not only with inflation. Um, that would be an increase
0: from fifteen to eighteen, or like, um, or is that a little? Is that still a little unclear and foggy from what you can extrapolate?
2: Um, I believe it is. A t- it is a tad unclear still from what I know. A lot of the Many offers from the university. Um, the university has touted that um, their wage increases that they have offered um, have been some of the largest that they have provided these union members um, in in the it, to date. But the problem that the unit that union members are finding, or at least um, expressing is that um, with inflation being roughly 10% at the moment this um, at this point in the year, wage increases, even ones that can be seen as significant, they're not enough to keep up with inflation. So um, union members are feeling that if, if they're going to go through all this work, all this effort to get a new contract that is going to last a while, mm-hmm. it has to be worth it. It has to be worth their time and, I mean, their work. So...
1: Does the new offer from the university like include anything that we talked about regarding translators and like those other concerns you mentioned?
2: Um, according to AFSCME, um, the, the two that I mentioned, Juneteenth and um, the additional compensation for translators, those are two sticking points that the university is using as uh, trade offers, almost. Uh, they're, they're chips on the bargaining table. So um, we will give you Juneteenth if um, the union will make concessions what type of concessions um that I don't know that has not been provided to me the university hasn't made like any statements on what their <laughs> concessions have to be not that that not that I know of um, a lot of a lot of these a lot of these negotiations haven't been put out in in detail a lot and I think a lot of it is just trying to provide as um, it's trying to keep it as as uh, little publicized as possible we want to they want they want to just not get into specifics, just get a deal done. They being the university, um, both parties, I, I, okay. I, I believe.
1: How has it been reaching out to the university to ask for those details?
2: Surprise! Surprisingly easy. Okay, actually, really. um, so I spoke. Um, I spoke with Jake Ricker um, over email. Which, for those who may not know, that's that. That's how you communicate with the university,
0: like over email, or for, just with Jake Ricker. First
2: contact with Jake Ricker is. At least in my experience, at, I don't think I've ever heard his voice um, <laughs> working for the Daily. So, an email—it's not always ideal for us as reporters, but um, Why especially though—that's I, I, something I think a lot of listeners may not understand. Why? What's so wrong with just an email? So, a lot of what we want to do—we're still we're, we're reporters. It's our job to talk with people, but that is our job to talk with people. So, in an email setting, you're not having a conversation; you're having a series of statements. So. In a in a conversation, you can adjust for it, like in a podcast, or you're adjusting for tone. We're having a conversation. <laughs> um, you can make adjustments based on responses, um, and you're just being you're you're being people. So in in an email setting, there's there's none of that. It is a lot more. You also have a lot more scripted um, responses. Um, people don't respond until they have a response that they want to give you, which can affect. The information that you get and can ultimately ultimately affect your story, and also as a reporter, you don't have the opportunity for to adjust what you want to to ask if you uh, get additional information. And there is just when you have when you get fewer degrees from just first person communication, you just lose credibility.
0: So, how is that affecting this story in particular? Then, with with talking with
2: just Jake Ricker over email with Jake Ricker, every every. Statement that the university provides is going to be the statement that the university wants to give you, and that is just going to be across the board. It affects the story in that you're, you will you will not get the university in, not that you would want to, but you would you wouldn't ta- get them talking off the cuff, um, provide really intimate details about what um, the situation is on their side. Um, Jake Ricker actually did offer. To have a, a union, uh, an expert um, at the university um, talk to me, help explain how um, negotiations um, work uh, from the university's perspective. Um, I have not spoken with them yet, but that was an opportunity provided. Um, but it's just another, it's just another script, basically, is what it is. So it is very, it's very neat, it's very tidy. There is not a comma out of place, and it's. It's what you kind of have to deal with. Um, it's it's unfortunate, but it doesn't affect... If it affects the credibility of the story, it would affect... We wouldn't be able to have a lot of stories at the daily because that's just how we communicate with with this body.
1: How has communication gone with AFsme and other unions? Are they kind of like the same or are they more willing to kind of get on the phone with
2: you? It really depends on the union, actually. So I have reached out to... At least five, maybe six. I can't remember exactly. Um, unions. I have gotten responses from maybe maybe half. So I have spent hours at this point calling different different uh, leadership members for different unions, including uh, nurses, um, teachers, and other just healthcare um, unions around the university. Uh, for example, I've I've made several phone calls to um, a parent that was for a teacher strike that was earlier this year. She was a member of the PTO because I couldn't find anybody else, but I just want to hear from somebody that may have thoughts on it, even if you can point me in another direction. Mm-hmm. So it communication process has been rough for some, but like SEIU, SCI, for example, they were more than willing to have their story heard. Sorry, who is SEIU? It is the um, Union Representing Mental Health Workers on Campus. Oh, okay. So that SEIU um, stands for Service Employees International Union. Okay. So obviously, um, as it implies, it is international, but um, just the local chapter here mm-hmm. um, in in Minneapolis is um, who I'm speaking with. Okay.
0: That sounds kind of frustrating, though. How do you not just tear your dang hair out over this? I do. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> Sorry. You uh, you do. You, you take it personally. Um, you, you shouldn't because it's your job, but you do. As a reporter, you, you want to get everything right. You want to talk. You always want to make the extra phone call. You want to get the extra conversation because you want the story to be as good as it possibly can be, and you want to get as many perspectives as you can. It's just not possible sometimes. So especially when it comes to this story, um, when when we're talking trends, when we're talking um, a pattern of something happening... Um, you you need to talk to, with as many people as possible. And um, Alberto, like you said, with not getting the phone call back, you just have to you have to workshop, you have to communicate. And basically the end of the story is to figure something else out. There's always another avenue you can take to get your reporting and make it as good as it can be.
0: That's what a lot of this is, isn't it? Just like taking what, whatever resources we can find, right?
2: Uh taking what you can find and leaning on a lot of people that know a lot more than you do.
0: Yeah.
1: When contract negotiations typically end, how how does that usually happen? Like, how many rounds, like in terms of AFsme, do you think they're going to have before they kind of come to a conclusion?
2: Um, so when I spoke to them, um, there wasn't a clear idea of when this would when the end was in sight um, for them. Basically, the attitude that I received from them was we know what we're fighting for and we're not wavering from that. So there was, there was less of a focus on a timeline and more of them knowing what they want and what they need as workers. So, um, I could, I couldn't tell you like what, what kind of timeline we're looking at here. Um, but I will say, especially as, contract negotiations stall out make um, don't make progress over a significant period of time you're looking closer and closer to a strike
1: well thank you so much for coming is there anything else you wanted to say that we didn't
2: ask um, I think you guys did a good job of covering it that it, you, you guys you guys uh, asked what I had so no worries thank you so much Devlin we really
0: appreciate you coming on the show Like we said earlier, uh, this story will be coming out hopefully sometime this week. Uh, You guys are probably listening to this on a Friday, so it might have already come out. Either way, be sure to check the description of the story on the Minnesota Daily's website. We'll link link Devlin's story for everyone to listen to. I don't have anything else to say. Hannah, would you like to say any last words? No. (laughs) Devlin, anything at all?
2: No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course.
0: Thank you so much, Devlin. Thank you guys very much for tuning in today. Like I said, at, like we said at the start of this show, this is the first in a hopefully longer series. Let us know what you think. Remember to email us at email us at podcast at mndaily.com. Let us know if you like this kind of story or if you definitely don't want to hear this kind of stuff again. We're happy to take criticism from our listeners. So without further ado, uh, thank you guys so much for sitting in the, for sitting in the studio with us. Uh, have a wonderful night. Make good choices.